The last couple weeks, we've been hearing about different types of pride in the readings. You may recall two weeks ago, we had that reading where the young man comes forward, throws himself at the feet of Jesus, and he says, Master, or good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? There's a great generosity there. But what kept him back was his riches, a certain pride in what he had. Then last week, we had the two apostles, James and John, jockeying for those two positions at Jesus' right and at Jesus' left, basically kind of the most important ministers in his kingdom. And the other apostles reveal that their hearts aren't in the right place either because they're listening with attentiveness to how Jesus is going to respond. And when Jesus tells them that position is not mine to give to you, they immediately jump on it. So we see there a pride in what they are or a pride in what they want to be in their social status. Now, today, the pride that we see perhaps not as explicit in this gospel, but nevertheless it's there, is an intellectual pride. A pride that um, comes from thinking and knowing without the light of faith. Now before I go into that in more detail, I want to quote that saintly archbishop and orator, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, on how he talks about Christ atoning for these three types of pride. Thus did he atone for those who are proud of what they have by having nothing and becoming the universal poor man of the world. Think about it. Christ is born in poverty. He even says during his lifetime, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He renounces possessions in order to be totally devoted to the gospel, but also to atone for our pride that we take through our possessions. Continuing on, he says, reparation had to be made not only for the pride of wealth, but also for the snobbery and pride of social position. The world is full of those who through either the accident of birth or circumstance, We might even add those who uh, seek to make of themselves or advance their social position. These people who count themselves better than their fellow men and who glory in what they are. These two he atoned for not only by veiling the glory of his Godhead under human form, but also by the most poignant social abandonment. The very beginning of his life bears the record. He came onto his own, and his own received him not. Cities abandoned him. Bethlehem refused him an inn. Nazareth drove him from its gates. (coughs) We might add to that, of course, the leaders of the Israelites who rejected our Lord as well, and many who rejected him when his teachings became too hard to bear. But then finally, and this is the third type of pride that our Lord atones for, finally, he atoned for the intellectually proud, (coughs) for all those 
who think they know and who rely on the sufficiency of human knowledge without faith. By becoming spiritually poor, during his public life, he rejoiced that the sublime truths of the kingdom of heaven were given only to the humble. I confess to you, O God, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to little ones. We might even again remember back two weeks ago to after that rich young man comes, our Lord puts a child in their midst and says, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a certain humility in our own estimation or our own ability to understand the things of God where we have to just accept them, allow God to reveal them to us. Um, that poverty, that intellectual poverty is necessary in order to understand and enter fully into the kingdom of heaven. And this is this third type of pride or the converse, the humility, is where our gospel meets this morning. Bartimaeus, ironically, is blind, but is the one who truly sees Jesus for who he is. The crowd, even the disciples that are following Jesus, who have physical sight, <coughs> are ironically the ones who are spiritually blind. Now, there's a couple odd things that are happening here. One, they rebuke him. We might think, well, telling him to be silent. Why? Why are they rebuking him? What's the matter with this man calling out? Are they just so hard-hearted? Presumably, they've seen many of Jesus' miracles already. They're telling him to be silent. Could they not really care? Well, the way that Bartimaeus is calling Jesus is an act of faith. He calls out, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. One, yes, he's using the proper name of Jesus, of this man, this rabbi, but Jesus also means God saves or God's salvation. In connection with son of David, he's saying that Jesus is in the Davidic line. It's a statement of Jesus' kingly role, but it's not just a political statement either. When he says, have pity on me, what is he really asking of this rabbi? We know that Jesus is not wealthy. He could get, <coughs> maybe give him a few coins that somebody else has given him, but he's asking for something more. When he says, have pity on me, son of David, he calls out again, have pity on me. He's acknowledging Jesus not only as a son of David, but the son of David. Over time, it came to be understood in the mystical tradition, the prophetic tradition, that the son of David was not just somebody who would sit on David's throne as a physical descendant, but was somebody who would share God-like qualities. We might think of the passage that Jesus himself quotes. Why does David say, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet? David was the Lord saying um, in this conversation with the Lord, meaning God, who's saying to David's Lord, who is the son of David, the future Messiah, 
the Christ Jesus. And the, the Pharisees are, and the scribes, leaders, whoever is bringing this before Jesus, aren't able to respond to this. So what Bartimaeus is saying, basically, is you are that prophesied son of David who is to come. And the people can't bear that because what he is saying is identifying Jesus' true nature, true mission. And so they try and silence him. They're embarrassed by that. They're not sure. Well, how is Jesus even going to react to this? But Jesus stops and says, call him. Take courage. Get up. Jesus is calling you. If you listen to those um, or watch those uh, Two Minute to Virtue podcasts or whatever they are, the, um, the one for this weekend was done by Father Noah Mori. He's been doing the ones for October. And in there, he, he makes a very keen observation. Bartimaeus, when he gets up, throws aside his cloak. Now, that may just seem like a little aside that Mark has thrown in here, but there's something very important about that. He's a blind man. To throw aside his cloak means that he may not be able to recover it. That in the crowd, it may get taken up by somebody else who's poor, who wants to take advantage of Bartimaeus being blind. It might get trampled on. It might get kicked, moved. And Father Noah said that he throws aside his security blanket, quite literally, springs up and runs to Jesus. Now, Bartimaeus, besides being physically blind, is also a challenge to us. In his physical blindness, he has great faith, and Jesus even says to him, go your way. Your faith has saved you. Receives his sight and he follows our Lord. But he's a challenge to us because in his blindness, he's, he, he stands saying to us, where are you sitting by, by the side of the road in your life? Are you calling out to Jesus? Or are you like the crowd who says, be silent? Maybe telling yourself. Are you willing to throw aside those things that you hold as security blankets, those things which you're familiar with but are actually holding you back from trusting the Lord? Are you willing to risk everything? What other people will think, even physical comforts, even physical securities. You know, there are some things that we hold to that we probably have some kind of hunch that this is not exactly the way it should be that we should be more trusting in the Lord, but we fail to do that. Now, it's easy to see in others even how these three types of pride progress. For instance, how often somebody who becomes rich is successful, perhaps maybe even somebody who's a, a sports idol or an entertainment icon, becomes well-known, they make money and they make a name for themselves. And so their pride, their wealth, what they've succeeded in, can then also become a source of being led into higher echelons of society and what other people think of them. 
That type of pride can often then lead to where somebody's been successful, people will come to them and say, well, how did you do this? And what, what's your wisdom on life? And it can even lead to a certain kind of intellectual pride there based on what they've done or success in another area. It's easy to see that in other people, but the same is true for ourselves. We need to be aware and that some kind of success can lead to a certain pride and God can allow us to kind of go deeper into that pride, into our spiritual blindness. We need, like Bartimaeus, to realize that spiritually we are very poor. Notice that the Beatitudes start with this one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We need to be stripped of pride in our possessions, pride in our social status, pride even intellectually. As the goods get greater, physical goods are less than a good name, no knowledge of God and of his ways is even higher, but as the goods get higher, the danger gets greater as well. May we learn that humility of heart, that, which is truly that meekness that Jesus speaks of. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And may all glory be to him alone, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.